Hey, Tim, how's it going? I mean, uh, it's going all right. It's going all right. Yeah. We're we're into the election season now, so uh, the countdown to Prime Minister Moen has officially begun. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about the election, um, but you know, what? hold on a sec. I was going to say something. Some someone, <laughs> if I seem less than enthusiastic there, it's because I hate politics, which is a weird thing for the leader of a federal part political party to say someone on my facebook page made a post the other day that said uh tell tell me about the first time you voted and how you felt voted in a federal election and how you felt and i said uh four years ago i voted for myself i felt kind of gross afterwards because <laughs> i don't even think i'm good enough for prime minister i just yeah. know that i'm not good enough for prime minister those other guys don't know they're not good enough for prime minister well exactly uh, anyways it's funny you say that actually, because yesterday, this is going to, to some listeners, going to sound a bit full of myself, but I was thinking to myself how, you know what, I do think I'd be a good philosopher king, but the reason I think that is because I know that we shouldn't have philosopher kings, right? <laughs> like, that's the key thing that makes me believe that I'd be good at it, is I know it's a bad thing to have. Well, I mean, that's the old uh, Socrates Oracle of Delphi story, right? Remember that one? Nope. So, well, Socrates was looking for the wisest guy in Athens, and he went to the Oracle of Delphi, who knows these things, and said, hey, uh, I, I'm not very smart. I, I feel like there's so much I don't know, but can you tell me who the smartest man in Athens is so I can go get some knowledge from this guy? And uh, the Oracle said, well, but you are. He's like, how can that be? I, I know I'm not... I, I don't know that much. He's like, well, you're the only person in Athens who knows they don't know that much. That makes you the yeah. wisest guy. But cool. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, so and that that's what I'm kind of interested in. So in what I'm saying is I'm Socrates. No big deal. Yeah, well, me up, too. Me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I'm interested in kind of what is the libertarian approach? Like we've talked about it a bit. And like, really, we want less government. We don't want this to be going on and and but it is right so you know i have also talked about how like my approach has been to withdraw from politics so i'm going to start building you know my world and and dedicate my my time to that instead of trying to like play the game and fix it um and so why run and you know yeah what why vote why should libertarians engage in this election right uh, well, I'm not going to sit here and make a big case for uh, voting and getting involved in democracy. Um, you know, the, the, I, I think there are two approaches to politics. One is that you got to get power and that's how things change. That's how you can get liberty. Uh, and so then it all becomes about pragmatism, right? About getting votes, votes, chasing votes are the most important thing. So you got to say whatever you have to say to get into power. Um I believe that government is downstream from culture. And if you believe like me that government is downstream from culture, um, that you get the government that that reflects culture the best, mm -hmm. then the, the only thing that matters to a libertarian ought to be, is your activism or your actions creating more libertarians? Uh, it's not chasing votes. It's not winning elections. It's not forming government. It's literally the only thing that matters is are you creating more libertarians? That's the only metric of success worth anything, uh, as far as I can tell. So, you know, to me, engaging in political action is all about connecting with people and um, trying to connect them with 
uh, w with first principles and with w proper role of government, understanding the concepts of liberty, and and hopefully we can shift culture a little bit. And to me, it's it's a little bit like um, you know I'm trying to protect my kids, my grandkids eventually, right? Uh, it, it does matter what people around you believe. Um, in terms of of um, your ability to to flourish in this world to a large extent, and so uh, so I want to try to shift culture, shift those beliefs. That that's the goal, anyways. And I don't know, maybe it's a fruitless endeavor. Maybe uh, we ought to just let the the tides of history take us where they're going to take us, and we just focus on ourselves and become more adaptable. That's that's I'm becoming more and more convinced that maybe that's the right way to go. But um, but the tides of history are created by people. Right. Well, that's right. You know, I, I don't like this kind of fatalistic view that a lot of folks have that history goes in cycles and that the, the same patterns are we're, we're destined to repeat the same patterns again. Mm. You know, uh, hard times create hard men, hard men create good times, good times create soft men, soft men create bad times, bad times create uh, hard men. So right now we're in the soft time, soft men era. And it mm. looks like they're creating bad times, but I, I want to believe that we we can have an intervention here. That we, yeah. you know, you, you can break the cycle of domestic violence, right? Um, I, I've seen it happen. <laughs> I work as a paramedic, um, and, and so I want to believe that people have free will, that they can choose things at least, and yeah. and that they can choose a different path. And and I think that. Um, that when we talk about these patterns and these cycles in history, what we're talking about is um, groups of individuals, right? And we can't forget that there's individuals there. This group isn't mm. doesn't have a mind of its own. It's the individuals in that group that have the minds, and those minds can be changed. Most My of the mind's time, been changed. Your mind's been changed, and yeah. so I have to believe that other people's minds can be changed. Uh, they can they can pause and examine what they're underlying assumptions are what their beliefs are about the world and that sort of thing so so, that, so that, anyways yeah and I, I agree um but i am interested because you know we could talk about these the principles of those but we've gotten into that in depth before i'm yeah. interested to know what you think of what's going to be going on with this election so we have you know andrew Shear versus justin trudeau as the as the headers i've heard that this is make or break for the green party and elizabeth may um, and then there's Maxime Bernier, and of course, there's also Jagmeet Singh. So what do you think of, I've not really followed any of what's gone on so far in the two days or three days it's been going on, but I, I've been saying, I don't know why I have a feeling like it'll be a sheer minority government or a Trudeau minority government, hopefully a sheer minority government, in my opinion. Um, but I, I wanted to know what your thoughts are on what the election might look like. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I saw a poll um, this morning. Uh, someone posted that showed the Liberals out in front with fairly handy lead. I don't know, you know, but it was posted by a Liberal. So, you know, the polls I see posted by Conservatives have their boy out in front. Uh, the mm. PPC think they're, you know, they keep quoting a poll from over a year ago that shows seventeen percent of Canadians would be open to voting for Bernier, but he's I think the, in the actual polls he's doing a lot. Longer. You know, I, I, I was hoping the PPC, I, I'm, I'm still hoping the PPC can be a big spoiler for the Conservatives in this election, because I think the only thing worse than the Liber Liberals winning this election would be the Conservatives not getting decimated this election, because if they don't get decimated, um, we can just expect 
continued government growth because there's only mm -hmm. two parties that can can theoretically form government as far as i can tell and that's the yeah. liberals or the conservatives right and their their policies are are very similar you know the conservatives are, are basically progressives driving the speed limit um and and again this comes back to this theory you know right now we we the greens are surging i mean they're they're doing huge they might decimate the ndp here in this election um and that's because this climate change climate catastrophe narrative is is being pushed hard i even saw a liber a diehard libertarian the other day say that he's gonna go with the greens because he's worried about about co2 more than anything else right <laughs> so so he's worried i mean i i often thought like <laughs> it's such a weird thing it on the one hand you're, you're either worried about atmospheric demographics or national demographics it seems um that yeah. those two trends are growing right it's like if uh if if the left could just view uh, view illiberal migrants as as CO two molecules, and if the right could just view uh, CO two molecules like as uh, illiberal migrants, then maybe uh, we could have a, a totalitarian state that they want finally, or something like that, right? Yeah. They could just get together on those two issues. Um, so so I suspect you know if I predict it's going to be Trudeau again I, I I sounds a little fatalistic because th th that's just how elections have gone in Canada it's been two terms of conservatives and two terms of liberals and back and forth like that for for decades as far as I can recall mm -hmm. so you know I think um I think it's probably going to be the the liberals again I don't I don't think she is um is going to inspire too many to people to vote for him um and I and think so they're just what do you think of him not entering these debates? Of Trudeau? Yeah. And uh, also of Maxime Bernier not being allowed in the debates. That's been like most of what I've read about the election is, I mean, it's not been a lot, but it's just focused on those two, on that thing about, oh, the debates, the debates. Yeah, I mean, the debates, I don't know how important the debates are anymore. I don't know how many people watch them. I, I feel like they're fading uh, in terms of significance. You know, it's only the hardcore political junkies that seem to watch the debates. But I guess they provide uh, clips for the news to, to uh, foist on us or something like that. Um, so, you know, like there's so many national, I think there's like seven leaders debates. Uh, and Trudeau probably just did some kind of calculation where he figured out, uh, you know, I'd be better off going to Edmonton, uh, which he did, and and trying to tip some some winnable ridings in his favor than he would standing on that stage having a few people watch. And and of course, the people watching the debates, none of them are are undecided voters. They're they're just people watching. Uh, it's like watching a sporting event, right? Like you, you don't come from there. You don't go in there trying to figure out which team to cheer for. You know which team you're cheering for. And so, you know, he, Trudeau probably did the smart thing by by um, going somewhere where he could actually win some votes. So he might have made the best choice, to be honest with you, uh, on that. Bernie, thing. Bernie Sanders went on Joe Rogan's podcast and he said that he thinks that sort of format is a lot more useful than debates. That, that you can give each candidate, you know, their time. And maybe, you know, if 10 candidates each went on Joe Rogan, that's a lot of information for anyone who wants to find out about one. But then Joe Rogan cuts it into, you know, key pieces. Here's everyone's view on X and here's everyone's view on Y. Do you think eventually we'll shift more towards something like that? Because, like, you know, uh, I mean, I think everyone will or should any politician who actually wants to have people know what they think, which isn't many anymore, um, 
they would do an, a recurring you know content stream like we anyone who wants to know what Tim Moen thinks has a lot of access to how Tim Moen thinks about things not just through this podcast but through lots of other stuff do you think that is a trend that we'll see uh, well I, I definitely think so yeah I mean people I, I mean the debates are just so obviously scripted and and meaningless right like you the the moderator asks a question and the and it's all about how you can pivot from that question to get your talking point out and it's just such yeah. bland boring obviously contrived talking points that it's it's you know it, it's ridiculous right so so I, debates I, I, have become meaningless they don't necessarily Maybe that's also why less people watch them and why only diehard people watch them because they're not actually debates anymore. Yeah, I think I think they have. And I think they become meaningless because uh, culture has shifted, right? Not because the debate formats have changed. It's just that over time, I think candidates figured out the best way to win these debates uh, was by getting your talking points out, by avoiding answering difficult questions that require nuance. And, and, and the format prohibits that right you only have like a minute to answer the question so if you get it try to get into a nuanced explanation you're going to get cut off so you have mm -hmm. to you have to answer in bumper stickers and um and pivot to those bumper stickers and people are just tired of they're bored of it you know and and so here's what i you know it occurs to me that with the feds there's continual push to try to regulate um, the internet, social media, particularly uh, mm -hmm. Facebook. You know, there was um, some some sociological expert, I think, testifying before Congress or the Senate not too long ago that talked about how um, how was it Google or Facebook? Who labeled him a sociological expert is the first question. But anyways, continue. Well, yeah, he was brought in by Republicans, but he was he was a very left wing dude. But he mm. was he was saying that um, Google or Facebook, one of the two, uh, got Hillary Clinton as many as two to three million votes. Like the way they they ran their algorithms and their search algorithms and everything biased Hillary Clinton in a way that that got her two to three million more votes than she otherwise would have gotten had it not been for their actions or something like that. Right. So mm. so. I don't know whether that's true. I don't really care about influence, about private influence and all that kind of thing. What what bothers me more is is people's ability to be influenced, right? Yeah. <laughs> Rather than people trying to use their gullibility to to sway them or something like that. Um, but a lot of people are worried about this, you know, Russian hackers or uh, left leftist biased media. You can see that there's a bipartisan effort, at least in the U.S., to try to regulate. The internet. So I could imagine mm -hmm. if podcasts become more popular, or Joe Rogan's probably one of the most popular podcasts, and he's had a few political candidates on Tulsi Gabbard, Gary Johnson, Bernie Sanders, all these people coming on his podcast. If he becomes influential enough, I could see the government mandating him to to have all the equal opportunity, the equal yeah. opportunity, right? And then and then it's like, well, what is the criteria set? Like you can't have every Tom, Dick, and Harry on there. There's just a limited amount of space, right? And that brings us to Maxime Bernier and his bid to get on the debate platform. And I do think he he deserves to be up there. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he he has like I remember last year the elections canada changed the rule that said if you have um you know if, if you're going to have a full slate of candidates or i think um like a full slate of edas electoral district associations yeah. uh, 
and or you hold a seat in parliament. I think there's there was four criteria, and if you met two of them, you'd be allowed on the debate stage. Well, Bernier met two or three of them for sure, and then they mm-hmm. seem to change the rules or interpret one of those points a little bit differently. And yeah. and so because he's not polling that well, they're well, it, it's you know he it could be that like in the past, at least a decade ago your only chance at forming government or winning seats was to get on that national debate stage. Elizabeth May got on it when before her party even had a seat in parliament, right? But when she was polling at basically libertarian uh, numbers, she got on that debate stage and that propelled her um, and the Greens on to the next level. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Bernier, he certainly worked hard, put in the organization. He deserves to be on that d- debate stage. Um as much as so, it, yeah. what do you feel about why wouldn't he debate you or like get some stuff out there that would potentially catch more viewers online, right? Because he's not getting on those stages, but he doesn't seem to be doing anything, to my knowledge, to remedy that. You don't need television anymore to to create interesting content and have millions of people view it. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, he's. De- duck debating me for a long time now you know over a year ago he was going to debate me he agreed to debate me at our national convention about the best way to advance liberty and he called me at the last minute and said he 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 couldn't do it in good conscience because he he didn't believe in the conservative party anymore and i'm like okay well sucks but uh, whatever and then um and, and then again uh, our parties were headed for a merge until I started talking on the radio about how I'd like to challenge him for leader, leadership of the party and debate him. And uh, and then it, he ghosted me. And now there's yeah. a bunch of people trying to get him to debate. And there's a small party debate. Now, I think at this point, you know, he would probably say that that there's no benefit to him of debating at a small party, right? I mean, he there's going to be a bunch mm. of kooks up on stage, uh, you know, the Marxist-Leninists and some other, like, rabid populists that make Bernier look like a, a chump when it comes to populism. And, yeah. and you know, he there, there's nothing he can win. Like, I'll outclass him on liberty. These other guys will outclass him on populism. And, you know, and he'll look like a pragmatist. And that's what politics is about. He'll be well, perfect. That, that's look- <laughs> yeah, that's actually fair. I mean, that that's the one thing he stands. But I, I don't think he he wants to. I think he I, I get the feeling that he he doesn't want he wants to to uh, be seen as a major party. Right. Yeah. And standing on a stage with minor parties or fringe parties um, is going to taint that uh that perception right so i, I mean i don't know like I, I don't i'm not a good politician because i'm not a pragmatist I, i'm principled mm-hmm. and i don't want to sacrifice those principles and and yeah. i have a different goal right i think his strategy is the same as the conservatives is the same as the liberals it's to chase votes and i think yeah. by chasing votes you have to reflect culture amplify it and you do absolutely nothing to change it you have to change if you want to get elected it's not the population that has to change and what we need is the population to change and nobody's doing any of that serious work except the libertarian party of canada yeah well i i i definitely agree that the libertarian party is doing it i don't know if no one else is doing it i i don't i haven't researched uh, well enough the marxists and leninists are doing it the, i mean yeah. the, the the left is doing it very well right mm. uh no one on the right or on the liberty side is doing it very well we're by okay. ourselves here um, I mean, th- this is why climate change is in the narrative, right? This is why even Andrew Scheer, even Andrew Scheer has a, a plan to tax emitters or to, what was it again? 
he he's got a he, he's going to redistribute wealth and he's going to punish big polluters and and different things like that, right? So he's he has to in his policy if he wants to get elected address climate change. So he's doing the pragmatic thing to get votes and to form government. Now, why is it that he's talking about that? Is it because it was his idea to bring up this? Do you think he wants to be talking about it? No, this is because the left, you know, the hardcore environmentalist left, uh, the Greta Thunbergs and the the, the their her puppet masters and all these ideologues have been pushing this stuff hard from the left for years. And now all the p parties that want to get elected have to answer that. So it doesn't matter if your goal is climate action and not forming government, then what you do is you push hard, you be a radical, and eventually you shift the Overton windows towards climate action. And now all the mainstream parties have to address climate action. And so I say, let's learn from those people. I mean, let's push, uh, let's end taxation. Taxation is theft. Let's have property rights. Let's, you know, uh, open carry. Uh, let's, let's legalize all the drugs. Let's legalize prostitution. Let's just have liberty, like unapologetic, hardcore liberty. You can't say that on the election stage and get votes. But if you don't say it, we'll never have it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very fair. So what should a libertarian do this election? Should they vote for the Libertarian Party to, you know, sh the more votes it gets, maybe it sends a message to the mainstream parties. Should they try and be pragmatic? Should they just not vote? What, What is your guidance? Obviously, they should think for themselves, but... Yeah, well, I, I think you, just sh you should just uh, check your assumptions, right? And if you think pragmatism is the best way to go, I won't argue. Maybe it is, like, but I, I think wouldn't the most pragmatic thing to do be to join the party that you think is going to win, which would be probably the liberal party at this point and try to make change from within, like operate within the system, say what you need to say, uh, try to jockey your way to a seat in parliament or to an influential position in the uh, liberal party where you can set policy and influence people and, and shift things that way. I mean, why would you, you know, and th this is what I don't understand about. Why stop at voting pragmatically if you want to be a true pragmatist? But again, pragmatism wouldn't be a principled right. pragmatism. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how you can have a principle pragmatism, right. you know, like <laughs> what, what and like when I'm talking about pragmatism, I'm not talking about practicality, right? I'm talking mm -hmm. about this idea that you have to sacrifice some principles for the greater good, right? And you have to compromise principles. Well, I don't think you ever have to compromise principles. Um, I think you can you can stay true to your, your principles. Um, it, so and, and I think that's the most practical thing to do. So, you know, so embrace either embrace pragmatism and and join the liberal party or embrace principle and and support the libertarian party i mean to me those are kind of your your best two options i don't understand this quasi we want to be we want to be like milk toast on pragmatism and milk toast on principle so we're going to join the conservatives or this or the ppc uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me uh just you know go with principle but or pragmatism i mean pick one and so is the principled approach to vote libertarian or to not vote? Um, well, I mean, it depends. You can make a case that the principled thing might be to sit home and drink beer. Um, but I mean, I think it does help if you if you if there's a podcast that you like and you think they're doing a good job at spreading the message you like, you might throw them a few dollars. Um, you know, if you if and, and I think the Libertarian Party is no different. We're spreading a message. We're spreading a meme of liberty. We're creating more libertarians than any other party, as far as I can tell. And 
if you think that's valuable, then then you could send us some money so we can get, you know, amplify that message or you can vote for us. That's the same as a donation because um, it gets us more visibility. It helps us. Right. It helps us spread the message. So voting for us or running as a candidate for us would be the best thing, you know, because you could actually stand on that stage. There are people watching. If you think that that getting the message of liberty out and sh and shifting culture is important, then you got to stand on that stage and deliver some unpopular truths to people um even if your knees are, are knocking and your voice is shaking uh you know th those are some things you could do but but i mean ultimately i don't know what the right thing to do is you know I, i'm doing what i think makes sense if you're given my goals and and how i think um uh, government works and is formed and how it's downstream from culture but uh you know you might have different assumptions about things and so how many libertarian candidates are there and what percent of the vote is the party going to get? Oh, man, I, I couldn't tell you. I think we were around 30 candidates right now. Um, I expect we'll get, you know, half a percent to a percent of votes. Like we usually get between half a percent and three percent of the vote in ridings we run in. Um, mm -hmm. That's the, the PPC is going to take a chunk of that, I think. Uh, because I think a lot of libertarians are supporting the PPC, um, you know, because they're, they're, they have the most visibility right now. And, and to a lot of libertarians, it's like, wow, their message is libertarian enough. I'll throw my vote with them. So I, I don't expect we'll get that many votes. But I think the the party is is probably the most important party in Canada. And, um, you know, it, it's it's incumbent on us that love liberty i think to keep the party alive and to and try to grow it because the ppc is going to go one of two ways it's either going to become more mainstream and, and get bigger and then its policies are going to shift more to the center and more to to towards uh what the cpc has as policies in order to get those votes and not look like uh crackpots or something um or it's it's you know they're, they're not going to pick up any seats um or the, or they're, they're just not going to do as well as they had hoped and support will just fall off right and and then what right i mean the, these are people that are doing this to to win elections to get into government uh it's not a movement party as far as i can tell there's no hardcore uh message or nucleus there maxime bernier has continually shifted what his message is in in the leadership debate race in the cpc he was largely libertarian light yeah and then when he formed this party now he shifted to more populism you know in in the he, he's a, he's a hardcore pragmatist at the end of the day he he's doing what he needs to do to try to win an election and he did that in the conservative party he knew that was a fairly libertarian message and he differentiated himself from the populist in the group which was kelly leach who had the same immigration policy he basically has now with a values test and a hardcore cap and um and he was basically and he criticized that policy at the time right yeah. and he tried to differentiate himself because that's what you do to win an election i'm the libertarian candidate that's what i'm running on she's the populist now yeah. she now now he's the populist because that's the one that's most likely to get him votes because that's the most disenfranchised group and you know it, it, so 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 he he does what is necessary to to get votes, and and I expect that would continue, right? And so, if if they pick up a lot of support and conservatives start piling into his party, he's going to have to shift more and more towards the the conservative center. Okay, and so do you have any less last advice to either a voter or a candidate? 
one of your competitors? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I would encourage if you're if you're a PPC candidate or something like that. I mean, just go out with a radical message. Uh, explain how taxation is theft. Explain how you want to get rid of the income tax. Explain how you want to legalize all the drugs and all the prostitution. Explain how you want to legalize baby walkers and lawn darts. Um, you know, just, like just go hardcore on liberty. Stop doing this namby pamby stuff of yeah we're gonna have we're gonna lower the taxes a bit we're gonna have free market milk we're gonna keep everything else pretty much status quo oh and we're gonna cap immigration i mean how, how does that shifting hearts and minds towards liberty that's just saying we want the state to be doing more stuff um so so go out with a hardcore liberty message and try to shift hearts and minds i mean convince you know, prove me wrong, right? Prove me wrong. Show me that you're making more libertarians uh, by standing on that stage. If you believe government is downstream from culture, um, you know, and, and, you know, I, I guess put your principles ahead of your votes. All right. And if you had to vote for one of the five, who would you vote for? Uh, Man, I had to vote like gun to my head. Gun to your head. You have to vote for one of the five, but you're still trying to vote as much within your conscience as you can, even though objectivism would say you can't do that at all if there's a gun to your head. But right, right. Well, I, I would vote. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would probably. Um, Man, I don't, I don't know. I might vote CPC because, uh, you know, I, I think they have the best chance of unseating Trudeau. No, mm -hmm. you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd vote. I might vote. Ah, that's a good question. Maybe I'd vote for all of them. Could I vote for all of them? Let's just spoil your ballot and hope the gun holder yeah. doesn't notice. Yeah, I'd spoil my ballot. That's spoil my ballot. You <laughs> yeah. know, I, I don't know what I do. I mean, part of me says I should vote for Trudeau because I want to see the CPC de decimated. Yeah. Other part, it's like, ah, oh, I can't stand Trudeau, but, you know, maybe Sheer will slow down government growth, but, uh, you know, I, or I could vote PPC, but I don't know what kind of message I'd be sending other than, you know, I don't want immigrants. If I, what, what I really want is more freedom, and I don't see how the PPC is going to get that with, with if, the, if the, they're not forming government and they're not creating more libertarians. I, I don't see the point of the PPC really, but so, yeah, I don't know. Well, I think actually that train of thought captures most people's mindset in Canada, which is so unfortunate. Like, oh, I don't really like Sheer, maybe I'll vote Trudeau. I don't really like Trudeau, maybe I'll vote Sheer. Like Trudeau won because people really didn't like Harper after 10 years, right? That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting to hear your train of thought That's I don't really want to vote for any of them. And that's just the state of politics in Canada, I think. Yeah. And the shitty thing is, like, regardless of whether I vote or don't vote, it's still the government's still going to grow. Right. I mean, there's an anarchist case for for just not voting. Don't you know, don't stop the ballot box or, or the suggestion box on the plantation. And um, and yeah, I mean, it, you know, voting or not voting has the same outcome. You still get government. Right. So yeah, when I know a, a handful or more of just single like rent specific single issue voters because they say you know what this party is better for this one thing and otherwise government's growing why does it matter yeah yeah that's fair cool well thanks good luck uh maybe maybe we'll be talking to the prime minister tim moen within a couple months yeah i don't think people are ready for me <laughs> <laughs> all right well good luck anyways okay thanks